0: They've been married for 30 years. He's a pioneer of Catholic lay evangelization, and she has a master's degree in theology. Put on the coffee and get ready to open the scriptures. It's time for Bible with the Barbers. Now, here's Terry and Mary Danielle. Welcome with the Bible
1: with the Barbers. I want to thank you for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the last show with Jesse Romero regarding the Facebook post that he made. And I want to just say this show, we talked about the theme is Understanding the Heart of God. As you know, the month of June, we have dedicated as a Catholic Church to the heart of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the love that he has for us. This is such a great time to consider enthroning your house to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And I would recommend, I would recommend that you Google the the enthronement of the sacred heart, because, Dad, you can do it yourself. It would be nice to have a priest do it with you, but you can also do it uh, with, your, with the parents. And it's just a great thing to say, I'm going to follow Jesus Christ, and that's what that does. Mary Danielle, are you reporting for duty, ma'am? <laughs> I am reporting for duty, sir. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And, Mary, I just want to say thank you. I know you're also doing duty with our grandson at the same time because you're multitasked. So I thank you for that. Mary, we're talking about understanding the heart of God, but I also like to bring in the gospel of today's reading. Uh, We're in the uh, ninth week of Ordinary Time and get your take on it. So I'm going to read the gospel and then I'd like you for you to give us some commentary. And it's the gospel of of, uh, Mark at chapter 12, verse 13 to 17. And it says some Pharisees and Herodians were sent to Jesus to ensnare him in his speech. Now, these people are against Jesus, obviously, like enemies of him. They came and said to him, Teacher, we know that you are a truthful man and that you are not concerned with anyone's opinion. You do not regard a person's status, but teach the way of God in accordance with the truth. Here it comes. Is it lawful to pay the census tax to Caesar or not? Should we pay or should we not pay? They're putting him in a corner. Knowing their hypocrisy, he said to them, Why are you testing me? Bring me a denarius, which is a coin to look at. They brought one to him and he said to them, Whose image? An inscription is on this. They replied to him, Caesars. So Jesus said to them, repay to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and to God what belongs to God. They were blown away. They were utterly amazed at him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Mary, you know, when I read that gospel... I just find it so insightful on how our Lord handled that situation and turned it on them. And they were like, okay, got, you got me. But what's your take on that reading, Mary? Well, it's interesting. The Herodians and
2: and the Pharisees were not just against Jesus. They hated each other. <laughs> the Herodians wanted the Romans to rule through the Herodian dynasty, Herod. Ah, oh, got it. And the Pharisees wanted Rome out of the Jews' life. Mm-hmm. But... Because they both don't like Jesus, they gather together, and they're not being sincere. Jesus obviously knows this. They're just doing this to trap him. All they want to try and do is trap him in his speech. And, of course, most of the Jews felt it a very onerous, very um, repugnant duty to pay the taxes to Rome. They didn't like it. Yeah. So we got him. If he says, don't pay the taxes, all the people love him, but we can report him to Rome as being an insurrectionist. Mm -hmm. If he says, pay the taxes, well, then the people are going to reject him. So we have got him caught. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jesus knows their insincerity. And what he tells them to do is bring me a coin. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Well, who does this coin belong to? This coin belongs to Caesar, right? Caesar's image is on this coin. But what is Jesus really doing here? He goes on to say, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God's. What is the meaning? Well, who made man? God made man. And how did God make man? In his own image and likeness. Every human creature, every human being that was ever made is made in God's image and likeness, including Caesar and all the Romans, So every human being is supposed to be treated with respect and dignity, the respect and dignity of their worth as being made in God's image, including the Romans Mm -hmm. and, and, and including anyone who's being, you know, we're supposed to pray for the conversion of sinners, not condemn them. We're supposed to pray for their conversion. And so Jesus is saying, yeah, the money belongs to Caesar, give it back to Caesar, but you, you belong to God Give yourself to God without reserve. Give yourself as a wholehearted gift to God, holding nothing back. That's what He's telling us. Yes, makes sense. Not not a real not a real comfortable um message for the people to, you know, for, for the for any of us to hear. We need to we, you know, it's funny because in this life we tend to um, compartmentalize our religion. It's like, yeah, I'll go to church on Sunday or I'll go to church even during the week, but it doesn't affect my business it doesn't affect my relations with my neighbors it doesn't affect how i respond to pandemics and violence in society i can do whatever i feel like doing no actually that's not what the gospel is that jesus preached mm-hmm. according to jesus everything that we do has to be affected and informed by our relationship with god right and it's interesting paul vi in uh, populum progressio mm-hmm. he wrote that if the role of the hierarchy is to teach and to interpret authentically the norms of morality to be followed in this matter, and that's, it's an if then say, because he's going to address the laity now, so then what is your role? So he tells us what the role of the hierarchy is. They're supposed to teach and interpret authentically the norms of morality to be followed. So then it belongs to the lay people without waiting passively for orders and directives Mm -hmm. to take the initiative freely and to infuse a Christian spirit into the mentality, customs, laws, and structures of the community in which they live. Changes are necessary. Basic reforms are indispensable. Mm. Lay people should strive resolutely to permeate them with the spirit of the gospel. So we, as lay people, are supposed to be, what was it, saying, in Christi Fidelis' Leci? Mm-hmm. Our role is not to sanctify the sanctuary. The
1: temporal That's order. The
2: priest. Yep. We're supposed to sanctify the temporal order. You got it. The workplace, the marketplace, the neighborhood, our homes. Yep. But yes, our homes are supposed to be little havens of God's presence. So God is saying, yeah, you pay your taxes, but again, but give to God what is God's and that's yourself. Yep. So give yourself to God first and then, but you live uprightly and justly and keep the commandments in a society, even if no one else is keeping them. So the commandment, the fifth commandment thou shalt not murder. Well, if, if someone's being murdered unjustly, if someone's life is being taken and they have no one to defend them, we're supposed to defend them. That's
1: right. Proportionate so people measures.
2: are, And I understand that, you know what the police officer did in Minnesota was, was against um human dignity that's right he degraded himself he he killed a man by his actions he caused the death of a man by his actions Mm -hmm. um but the deal is violence is not the response prayer is the response we need to turn to god and pray for the conversion of sinners but wait a minute all those people are protesting the death of one man and yes the unjust death of one man is unjust what about 38,000 little babies who are being murdered every day, every day yeah. and doctors are being paid to murder them. You paid, you're paying your doctors to be hitmen. And where's the protest? 38,000 babies died today. Where are the people protesting?
1: Good question. You know, so Good we, question, we need Mary.
2: to, yeah. Yeah. And we need, we need to answer Mary. that question in ourselves too. And granted, maybe we can't be out there in the streets praying but we can be praying from our homes. Right. We can be, as Randall Terry said in his his song, um, I don't know if anybody remembers, were you there when the battle raged? Yeah. You know, and and the child is asking the, the, the father, why can't we all openly talk about Jesus? What happened? And, and he says, when the battle raged, were you there fighting from your knees?
3: Mm-hmm. Or
2: were you just saying, well, I can't do anything and I just have to go along with society and just whatever society says, that's what I have to go along with. So are we asking ourselves the questions as Christians? Are we saying, okay, whose whose image am I made in? And what belongs to God that I'm supposed to be giving back to God? My whole self, my whole life, everything that I have is a gift from God. The fact that I very that I even exist and this will tie in, of course, to oh, yeah. the whole topic of today's show, the heart of God. Why do I exist?
1: Exactly. And Mary, we're going to do that. We're going to take a quick break and and then jump right in to the topic, understanding the heart of God. I also want to remind everybody we've got a men's conference coming up with Jess Romero, Ruben Nava, and Tim Gordon. And that'll be June 13th, right around the corner. You can sign up by going to VirginMostPowerfulRadio.org, and also June 20th, Steve Ray, our good friend who knows the Holy Land better than anyone that I know of, he's going to give us a tour. Yeah, and it'll be on our YouTube channel, and you'll be able to hear it on our app. And uh, what you want to do is go to VirginMostPowerfulRadio.org. And I want to also thank all those monthly donors who are supporting us. We are growing. We've got a new show coming up. I'll just give a teaser. Dr. Sandoval has agreed once a week to do a Catholic medical program that will tie in uh, the spiritual and the natural, the body. In other words, body and soul. And he'd be very well to do that because he is a doctor, uh, a medical doctor and a therapist. So this will be a good show that's coming up. We've got so much more here at Virgin Most Powerful. I couldn't do it without you, our listener. If you want to become a monthly donor, for the month of June What a great time Just call eight seven seven five two six two one five one, Or go online to virginmostpowerfulradio.org We come back with the Bible and the Barbers We're going to talk about Understanding the Heart of God With the Bible
4: Hi, this is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show, also from Jesus911. Let's face it, we all need to use the internet, but we need screen accountability. Why? Pornography is a huge problem, especially on the internet. And every time we tap into the internet, we get bombarded with images and temptations that degrade our humanity. So we need Covenant Eyes to block these pornographic sites and advertisements from infiltrating our lives. Covenant Eyes helps us take custody of our eyes and custody of our intellect. So I recommend you go to CovenantEyes.com and type in the promo code, the NPR, to support the network. Protect yourself and your family from the imminent threats on the internet. www.CovenantEyes.com code VMPR live porn free thank you for listening to Virgin Most Powerful Radio thank you, God bless you, keep the faith
1: This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us by going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back and supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year round. May God bless you and your family.
0: now back to Bible with the Barbers if you have a question or comment call 888-526-2151 here's Terry and Mary Danielle
1: welcome back to the Bible with the Barbers my wife gave a statistic before we get into the issue of the heart understanding the heart of God that we have 38,000 plus babies that die every day um, just to give a perspective, we want to pray for the repose of all souls because all, ma- all lives matter. And uh, I'll give you a statistic. Every day, 1,670 people die from cancer in America. And with the uh, coronavirus, 824 people are dying each day. Now, we had some policemen be- being killed during the riots. We've had lay people. I mean, there's been a lot of deaths. So at this time, Mary, I'd like to pray for the repose of all those who are dying today in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. And, and let, let perpetual, perpetual light shine upon them. And may they rest in peace. Amen. Amen. May the souls of the faithful departed through the mercy of through God, mercy rest, of in God rest
2: in peace. Amen. Amen.
1: Mary, today's topic is really beautiful because the month of June is dedicated to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And what's so beautiful, St. Faustina and devotion to the um, the Mercy Sunday and all the, you know, divine mercy, it's all tied in with the heart of Jesus, the Sacred Heart. So what does the Bible have to say about that?
2: Well, I, I what I do is I went to the the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, which this year will be on June 19th. Right. It's the Friday following Corpus Christi. Yeah. So the Friday following Corpus Christi is the solemnity of the most sacred heart of Jesus. And the church did that deliberately. And actually, our Lord deliberately requested that. He told St. Margaret Mary he wanted the Feast of the Sacred Heart on the Friday following the, the Feast of Corpus Christi because to show the direct connection between the Holy Eucharist and the Sacred Heart of Jesus. So the opening antiphon, we have an opening antiphon for every Mass, and it comes from the Psalms, and this one is from Psalm 33, and it says, the designs of his heart are from age to age to rescue their souls from death and to keep them alive in famine. Mm -hmm. So this gives us an inkling into the heart of our God. What does God want from us? He wants to rescue our souls from death. Well, what is the death? And notice he says our souls. Yes. When Adam and Eve sinned, they excluded themselves from God's grace. Mm -hmm. And so there was no possibility for their souls to have life. And God wanted to restore all of mankind to the original way that he had made them. He made Adam and Eve in the state of grace. He gave them his grace.
1: Mary, why don't we teach something that maybe they've never heard this word, preternatural gifts. Can we just back up? And because that's something I think people have to understand what it was like before Adam and Eve
2: before Adam and Eve fell before they turned away from God's grave and sinned right God gave Adam and Eve gifts that were above and preternatural means above and beyond your nature Mm -hmm. so things that were above and beyond your nature well it's above and beyond created things it's above and beyond the nature of created things to never have to disintegrate and die the nature of created things is that they will um, disintegrate and die. Sure. So Adam and Eve were never going to die; they had, they would have eternal life. They would have life here on Earth, and then when they were ready for heaven, God would just take them directly to heaven. No death, and they didn't have any disease, no sickness, no illness. There was no um, disorder. There was no disintegration mm-hmm. in creation. They had infused knowledge; they didn't have to work hard at knowing. The essence of things and being able to see clearly and understand. Most of all, they had a grace called integration, where all of the faculties of their body were perfectly subject to their intellect and will. The intellect was made to know the true good, who is God. God is our true good. And by the way, it's not an article of faith that God exists. We do not need faith to know that God is. We can know that from the unaided light of our human reason. Even the pagans knew that there is a God that we should worship, that there's a creator who made everything Mm -hmm. and we should, we should honor him because he made everything and we should be grateful. Right. And so they had this integration whereby they would know God clearly as their true good. And then the will was made to choose what the intellect perceived as good. And since the intellect could clearly perceive that God was the true good, the will would choose good God without any struggle. There was God. no struggle. The human nature, the human body, our, our our senses, our appetites, our need for food, our need for clothing, our need for sleep, rest, our need for drinking.
1: How about learning? How about learning things?
2: Tell us about that. Well, that was, that was, um, that was the, they had infused knowledge. Exactly. That infused cool. knowledge doesn't necessarily mean, you know, every um, aspect of science or whatever. But without the darkened intellect, it was much easier for them to learn. They knew the essence of things, the infused knowledge. They knew the essence of things. That's why Adam could name all the animals, mm-hmm. because their name is tied into their essence. And If you ever study philosophy, the essences of things, we know very few what they call specific differences. So we don't know the essence of all created things. Right. For instance, we know that man differs from the animals, you know, he has a body like the animals, he has emotions like the animals, he has physical needs like the animals, but man has an intellect and in the will, he is capable of knowing and loving. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something the animals don't have. Right. And so in philosophy, they make the distinction that man is a rational animal, mm-hmm. because his rationality his an ability to be able to, to re- reflect on himself, and not just to think in terms of a, a mechanical thought process, like the animals have. But to be able to reflect on himself. Why does he exist? Where did he come from? Where is he going? Well said. So that, was, that, was in, that was all infused mm-hmm. into Adam and Eve. They knew that. So Adam could name all the animals because he knew all the specific differences. He knew what it, each animal's purpose was, and he could name it according to its specific difference. We don't know all that anymore.
1: Oh, we and, lost that. And, yeah.
2: and so, with and the other gift I was talking about, the integration, mm-hmm. when we lost integration, It became easy for us to choose evil because we became confused about what the true good was. Now we could mistake the created goods that God had made for the true good, who is the creator, God, who made everything. And so it became easy for man to make the mistake of choosing the wrong thing. And this is what God God wants to restore us to the knowledge that he is the true good and that every one of our actions should be made to choose him.
1: And Mary this is a good time to explain what baptism does regarding original sin and what we got back and what we still have the effects of the original sin. Can you share a little bit of that and give the big picture?
2: Right. In in baptism, original sin is removed from the soul. Mm-hmm. So the soul is filled with God's grace and we receive faith, hope and charity, the three theological gifts, virtues, excuse me, mm-hmm. and we also receive the the um cardinal virtues of temperance, prudence, justice, and fortitude. All of those are in what we call seed form. They have to be developed and nurtured, but we do not get back the preternatural gifts. So the effects of original sin remain. We will, we have to, we have to work hard to learn. Mm -hmm. We have to strive hard to remember that God is our true good and that we're supposed to choose him. Yep. We have to be constantly looking to God for help, to be able to do his will and to renounce our own will. Because as a result of original sin, our body is in rebellion against God because we no longer see God as the true good. We see our own individual needs of the body as the true good. We can mistake that. So we have to constantly strive to discipline the body, as St. Paul said, Mm -hmm. so that it will serve our eternal goal. We have to say no to ourselves and so the effects of original sin remain, but original sin itself is removed. And God restores us to his grace. There you go. That means we are God's children now. St. John says in his letter, we are God's children now. And what we will come later, we, don't, we won't know yet because we don't see him as he is. But when we get to heaven, we will see God as he is. And so will we be like God, we will never be God, but we will be like him. But on this earth, we have a struggle. We have to overcome the flesh, our flesh, and the temptations of the world and the devil. And God is there to help us. And he gave us a guarding angel at our side Mm -hmm. to help
1: us. Amen. Wow, that was quite a catechesis. If everybody heard that, maybe you might want to share that with your kids because a lot of people have no idea what Mary just explained. That was like a a revelation. Like, that's what we believe? Now I understand why Jesse and Terry are constantly saying, we need the grace to say no to ourselves. We need to live in the state of grace so that that sanctifying grace can work in our soul to be able to stay in that state. And obviously, Mary, we all know that we're all sinners and we do need a great grace of the sacrament of confession. And most of the churches now are, are opening up. So I would recommend if you hadn't gone to confession in a month, that's about the time I think that everybody should at least go. And that's what the church says. And John Paul II and Padre Peel. One month, if it's over a month, get yourself in the box. Mary Danielle, when we come back, let's get into this uh, understanding the heart of God. Now that we understand our fallen nature and understand how we've been redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus, how can we have this relationship and understand that really God loves us? Because I think, Mary, many of us in the world today, I don't think they get that message that if... That if God stopped thinking about each individual, you would cease to exist because that's how much God loves us. And we need to understand that and go back to the Bible and go back to what the Catholic Church teaches about the very fact of understanding the heart. Also, I want to recommend something because we're talking about the sacred heart. Uh, You can uh, type in eight ways to honor the sacred heart of Jesus in June at home. And you'll find a very good article on helping individuals do enthronements of the Sacred Heart, but also things that will be practical, like, for example, setting your alarm for the 3 o'clock time for the Divine Mercy Chaplet because it is really tied. Think about if you've ever been to a church and you see the promises of the Sacred Heart and then you look at the promises of Divine Mercy, they're very similar. Why? Because it's the same Jesus. That's why. Man, Amen. It's the same Amen. Jesus. Amen. We're going to come right back with the Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or a comment you're welcome to call us at triple eight five two six two one five one. That's 888-526-2151. And don't forget, Jess Romero, Ruben Nava, they're all going to be for the men's conference. It's coming up really, really quick. And that date is June 13th. And then on the following weekend, June 20th, Steve, Steve Ray, our good friend who's an expert on the Holy Land, he's going to have a virtual pilgrimage to the holy land using a computer your your our 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 youtube channel and our app you can listen to that go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org to get more information about those events also just so you know people who give us $25 a month or more we send them links to all kinds of audio files that were done at St. Joseph Communications for 30-some years, Scott Hahn, Tim Staples, Dr. Michael Barber, Jess Romero, all these good speakers, and we form you because if you don't have good formation, it's hard to stay in the state of grace. Knowledge helps us understand the graces that God has given to us. You're listening to The Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I hope you're enjoying this, and when we come back, we'll get deep into the Word of God, the heart of God. This is Terry Barber. I want to thank you for supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And here's an easy way to support us. By going to smile.amazon.com and type in Catholic Resource Center or Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And when you log in your Amazon account and you purchase products, a portion of it will go right back in supporting Virgin Most Powerful Radio. And it doesn't cost you a dime. I want to thank you ahead of time because that supports us year round. May God bless you and your family.
2: Healthcare news today seems to be coming from everywhere and everyone. It's confusing, at least, and untrustworthy at the worst. Dr. Assetta is a faithful Catholic in the Kern County community. He is trustworthy, well-researched, and will only give expert opinion on matters in his own specialty. Catholic teaching at its entirety is of utmost importance to Dr. Assetta. Give Dr. Assetta a call for your obstetrics and gynecological needs at 661-695-6617
0: Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle.
1: Welcome back. We were just talking about understanding the heart of God. And we actually, for those who didn't hear the catechesis that was taught about original sin, this is something you might want to listen to over and over again Because sometimes people don't understand our fall and our human nature. So we'll have it on the podcast. Mary Danielle, let's get into uh, the topic of the day, understanding the heart of God.
2: We have um, from the readings for this Feast of the Sacred Heart. And the Sacred Heart is a solemnity in the Catholic Church. So it's like a Sunday. It's equal to a Sunday. So you have a three-year cycle of readings. And you have you actually have four scripture readings for every single Sunday, every single solemnity within the church. You have a reading from the Old Testament. You have a reading from the New Testament. You have a Psalm in between those two. And and you have also a reading from the gospel. The only exception is during Easter time, you have two New Testament readings, one from the Acts of the Apostles and one from one of the letters in the New Testament in between, and then you the Psalm in between. So for the readings for this Feast of the Sacred Heart, you have Deuteronomy, where Moses tells the people that you are sacred to the Lord, not because you're the biggest nation on earth, not because you're the strongest, the greatest. You're sacred to the Lord because the Lord set his heart on you. Mm-hmm. It's because of his fidelity. His fidelity, he swore to his oath to Abraham mm-hmm. and, your, and the patriarchs. So it is because God himself has set his heart on you. This is why you're sacred to the Lord. And then if you go to year B, the reading is from the prophet Hosea, Hosea 11. And it's that reading that ends so beautifully where where God says, he says, my heart is overwhelmed. My pity is stirred. I will not give vent to my blazing anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again, for I am God and not man, the Holy One among you. Mm -hmm. And And I will not let the flames consume you. And what just before that, he's talking about how Israel has been unfaithful. Israel is his child and he's loved Israel. And even though he's fed them and taken care of them, they haven't been faithful. But he says, I will not let my anger be blazing against you because my heart is overwhelmed and my pity is stirred. So God loves his people. And in, in the Old Testament, we have a reading that says, You know, as I live, says the Lord, I do not wish the death of the sinner, but that he turn to me and live. And then we have from the prophet Ezekiel. And in the prophet Ezekiel, Ezekiel 34, 11 through 16, and I'm not going to read the whole thing just because of time constraints, but Mm -hmm. he talks, God talks about himself as a shepherd, a shepherd who finds himself among his sheep that have been scattered and frightened by a wolf, and he will tend them and, and bind them up. And he talks about The lost I will seek out, the straight I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal. But what's interesting is he goes on to say, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. And what he's referring to, though, there is pride. If we are prideful in the presence of God, God has to humble our pride Mm -hmm. because God cannot abide by the proud. But the whole idea here is that God has compassion and he sees how weak we are. He sees we're sinners. He knows that we need him. We need his grace. We need his mercy. We can't do any good of ourselves. We mm. need God's help. And so he's reaching out in compassion. And of course, you know, that we have the Psalms in between. We have the Psalm you know, 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We have Psalm 12. God indeed is my Savior. I am confident and afraid. My strength and my courage is the Lord, and He has been my Savior. With joy, you will draw waters at the fountain of salvation. And um, in year A, the Psalm is Psalm 103 Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being, bless His holy name. But those are the Old Testament readings for the Feast of the Sacred Heart that give us this insight into the heart of God, of His compassionate love for us, that even though we're sinners, He doesn't abandon us to sin. Even though we turned away from him, he doesn't turn away from us. Amen. He continually teaches us to turn back to him. And then you have the New Testament readings. And I'm going through this, I know, very quickly because there's only a little time. But there is a three-year cycle. And look up the Feast of the Sacred Heart. It's a solemnity. Mm -hmm. And look up those readings and take time to read them and meditate on them. So in your A, you have from the letter of John, of course, the letter, first letter of John, You know, beloved, let us love one another because love is of God. Mm. Everyone who loves is begotten of God and knows God. Whoever is without love does not know God, for God is love. Amen. And this is the heart of God, of course, is love. But is it a love that just says, oh, well, you know, whatever you want to do, whatever makes you feel good in the moment? No, that's not the love of God. God's love is such that he wants to free us from sin because sin brings us eternal death. Our souls will live for all eternity. As a matter of fact, God will give us back our bodies in the general judgment. We will get our bodies back, and if we if we're with God in heaven, our bodies will be glorified. Yep. But if we're in hell, if we've rejected God through sin, we will suffer punishment in our physical bodies for all eternity. Yeah. And it's, a, it's an eternal death. Yes, you're living. You will never die because you have an immortal soul, because that's how God made you. But you can choose life or death. And that's what God said when he gave us the commandments. I put before you life and death. Choose. And he wants us to choose life. He gives us an angel to be at our side to help us to choose life. He gives us our patron saints. He gives us the Blessed Mother and St. Joseph that offer their prayers for us. And Jesus himself, of course, offered himself on the cross. He wants us to understand his love, the height and length and breadth and depth of his love that's poured out for us.
1: Mary, can I just jump in? You've got me excited by the way you're describing this offering. And I don't know if everybody knows that uh, there's an offering that many of us pray each morning. It's an offering to the sacred heart of Jesus And if you don't have the prayer, like I said, just type into your search bar eight ways to honor the sacred heart of Jesus in June at home. But here's the prayer that we say each, each day. Oh, Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mary, I offer you my prayers, prayers, works, joys and sufferings sufferings of this day day. for all the intentions intentions of of your your sacred heart. heart. in union with the Holy Sacrifice, holy sacrifice of, the mass of the Mass throughout, throughout the world. world, in reparation for my sins and for the intentions of all our associates, and in particular for the intentions of our Holy Father for this month. Now, that prayer, I'm going to make a suggestion that you cut it out, paste it even on your bed, your bathroom mirror, because sometimes it's, yeah, it's practical, right? You're brushing your right. teeth. You're yeah. going to see it. Yeah, you're going to see it. But, you know, Mary, when you're describing the Feast of the Sacred Heart, again, it's the what, the Friday after Corpus Christi. Is that it? That is correct. Okay. And this year that will be June 19th. So it depends on how
2: Easter falls. So the, these feasts after Easter, you have, you have Pentecost, and then you have Trinity Sunday, and then you have um, Corpus Christi. Right. And then you have the Feast of the Sacred Heart comes on the Friday after Corpus Christi.
1: So my recommendation is get that prayer by typing in, like I said, on your, on your just type Sacred Heart Prayers. But this article, Eight Ways to Honor the Sacred Heart of Jesus in June at Your Home, uh, would be granted. And again, I want to encourage you, you can do the enthronement of the Sacred Heart. Dad and Mom can do it together. It's more difficult to get a priest right now, I understand, but because of this COVID-19. But... Enthroned. what you do is just get the picture of the sacred heart, and there's some prayers. To, it's all online. You can do everything you need. You don't have to buy a thing. You already probably have a picture of the sacred heart. Just enthrone, Get the certificate from the online people for the enthronement of the sacred heart. And I guarantee you, uh, this is something that if you start doing this each day with the kids, it's really a great devotion because it leads us to the heart of God.
2: Go ahead, my and, and then you have um, one of the other New Testament readings is from Ephesians 3, 8 through 12 and 14 through 19. Mm-hmm. And again, Paul is talking about the fact that I kneel before the father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, mm-hmm. that he may grant you in accord with the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through the spirit in the inner self and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Wow. And he goes on, but the the key here is that that this is love. And, and, you know, faith without love is a very cold and calculating thing. But love without faith in the the true God is is very misleading because it can be just a human emotion that leads us in ways of what what feels good to me. (laughs) Not what is necessarily good for my soul, but what feels good to me in the moment. And we need to recognize that sometimes what feels good to me in the moment is not the best thing for my soul. And the the third year, your C, has Romans 5, 5B through 11. Mm -hmm. And Paul is talking about the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. For Christ, while we were still helpless, died at the appointed time for the ungodly. So again, showing the depth of God's love. God didn't wait till we turned back to him. God didn't wait until we said, I'm sorry. As a matter of fact, Adam and Eve didn't, didn't say they were sorry when they sinned. They blamed it. Eve, blamed, you know, Adam believed, blamed God and Eve, Eve and God. And then Eve blamed, blamed the serpent. <laughs> of course, the serpent had no way out. You know, he was the devil. And, and God told him, you know, you're done with. And, and I will defeat you. But we want to know that God's love is poured out for us, and His love transforms us. And this is what we'll learn in the Gospels: is how did Jesus show us this love of God? How much did He pour out this love of God? I love it. Where is the heart of God revealed in Jesus Christ in the Gospels? And that's what we want to get to here in the, in the final section. I
1: agree. The Gospel of Love. I didn't. A Holy Father, write a document called the Gospel of Love. I, I'll never. I, this, this is an old document, but my point, Mary. As that is it, you know. We that's why here at the Bible of the Barbers, we encourage you to read the Gospels over and over again, and it's okay. Start with Matthew, you know. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you can even start with Mark; it's shorter. But the point of it is, reading the Gospels really help you understand God's love in your own life, and that's why we encourage you to do that. So when we come back from the break, the final segment, the Gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. What's the Gospel have to say about the heart, uh, in the heart of God and understanding that heart through God's word. Mary Danielle Barber, Terry Barber here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. I want to encourage you, if you have friends, you say, I want to go to a Bible study. Do this. Tell them about the Bible with the Barbers every week. And you know what? All of these are on our podcast, so you can listen to these at your own time. So you can't say, well, I'm working midday. Well, fine. Do it when you get home at 7 p.m. when it's convenient. And that's what's so nice about having our app. And if you're watching us on YouTube, I would encourage you to go ahead and download our free app because there's a lot of good things on the app that you might not see on YouTube. Hey, there's the music. That means one more segment with the Bible with the Barbers talking about understanding the heart of God with the good news of Jesus Christ's Gospels. I can't wait. How about you? When we come back, we'll get into the Gospels and understanding the heart
0: Jesus said in Luke 17, When you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, We are unprofitable servants. We have only done our duty. According to St. John of the Cross, God is pleased with the little deeds we do in secret. He takes more pleasure in these than in a multitude of grand works that we may do out of the desire to be seen by others. May God help us to do the things that please Him and not just to appear great in the eyes of others.
1: realestateforlife.org, 877-LIFE-US-1.
0: Now, back to Bible with the Barbers. If you have a question or comment, call 888-526-2151. Here's Terry and Mary Danielle.
1: Welcome back to the final segment of the Bible with the Barbers. We made a promise. We're going to talk about Understanding the heart of God, taking the readings for the solemnity of the sacred heart, the gospel now Mary let's talk about what the readings have to say regarding the heart of God and his love for us
2: all right, and the gospel we have from matthew eleven twenty five through thirty and then from john nineteen thirty one through thirty seven and luke fifteen three through seven okay and in Matthew what you have is Jesus is when Jesus exclaims Father, Lord of heaven and earth, I give you praise for what you have learned, hidden from the learned and clever, you have revealed to the merest children. And he goes on to say, no one knows the father, no one knows the son, but the father, but no one knows the father, but the son and anyone to whom the son wishes to reveal him. And he says, come to me, all you who labor and are burdened, and I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me, for I am meek and humble of heart. And you will find rest for yourselves for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Mm. So Jesus is telling us that we can't know the father if we don't come through Jesus. And as Scott Hahn always points out, we can't know that God is a father if we don't know that he has a son. Exactly. And this was not known in the old Testament. I mean, God spoke about Israel as his son, but that God himself was three divine persons wasn't known in the old Testament. And so Jesus comes to reveal the, Inner life of the Trinity to us, and that God is a trinity of persons. He's not a solitude unto himself. He's a father who has a son, and the father and the son, in their love for one another, that the Holy Spirit um spirates from the Father and the Son. He proceeds from the Father and the Son. And so, but Jesus says he is meek and humble of heart. This is why we talked earlier about the proud. God has to resist the proud because we are God's creatures. We came from God. We depend on God for everything. And when we get proud, we start to think that we're our own saviors, or we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. And we forget that it's God first. We need to ask God, what do you want to do in and through me? And Jesus, even in his human nature, he never put his human nature above his divine. Right. He never did. And that's why sometimes in the gospels, you you hear him say, the father is greater than I. Yes, the Father is greater than his human nature because his human nature is created. But he's not saying that as the eternal son of the Father, that he's less than the Father. He's equal to the Father as the eternal son of the Father. Mm-hmm. But his human nature is created. And so he teaches us this humility and meekness. He didn't come upbraiding people and, and beating them down if they were sinners. What he did do, though, is he resisted the proud. And he does this in the, in the Gospels. He, he resists those who say well we don't have any sin or we were never slaves to anyone we are free people we are god's children we're and yet at the same time they're doing all kinds of things that are opposed to god's law and they're changing god's law to replace it with man's law and (laughs) jesus gives some examples of that so the heart of our god is meek and humble and it desires only our true good and by the way this is should be our attitude towards sinners it's the same attitude that jesus came. And Jesus came to give his life for sinners. Mm -hmm. And so then we have the reading from the gospel of John. And as you might've guessed from the
1: the
2: (laughs) citation, John 19, uh, I think this might be with the crucifixion, right? Exactly. And that is correct. And it's when Jesus dies on the cross and it's the preparation day and they want the bodies taken down and they're going to break the bones. Mm -hmm. But the centurion sees that Jesus is already dead. So he pierces his side with a lance and immediately there flows out blood and water. Wow. And of course, the fathers of the church have always seen in this, the pouring forth from the heart of Jesus, the sacramental life of the church, the mercy and grace of God pouring forth from the heart of his son. Jesus has won salvation for us on the cross. Now, are we going to conform our lives to God and accept that salvation? Or are we going to remain in our sin And say, no, there's got to be a better way. I don't want to have to suffer. I don't want to have to. And some people, you know, get that misconception that, well, Jesus did all the suffering. I don't have to suffer. Jesus didn't come to eradicate human suffering. He came to fill it with his presence. Our suffering has meaning. Our suffering is not absurdity. It is not meaningless. In Jesus Christ, our suffering has meaning. It becomes redemptive because Jesus suffered. The son of God really took to himself a human nature. He really had a human body. He really had a human soul, right? He wasn't a human person. He was a divine person who took to himself a human nature. He wasn't a split personality. He had one person, That's right. the second person, of the blessed Trinity, but he suffered in his own flesh. He suffered for our sins. Does this reveal something to the heart of God to us? What about us and our response? Do we see the violence going on in our streets and say, well, go out there and kill all those bad guys? Well, wait a minute. You know, everybody who sins is a bad guy. We're all sinners. We need to pray for the conversion of sinners. I'm not saying let people do violence in the streets. No, No, that has to be stopped. But pray for their conversion. As G.K. Chesterton once said about the men who have to defend, a good soldier does not hate what's in front of him. He doesn't hate the enemy he hate he loves he loves he loves what is behind him He's going to protect and defend his family his country This is what a good soldier does It's not because he's filled with hatred for those who are doing wrong And that's what we have to pray for our police because when you're constantly being faced with the wickedness of men with the evil that they can do, with the depth of depravity to which any of us can sink. Yes. When you're faced with that every day, you can become very corrupt inside if you don't turn to God and ask Him to heal the wounds and fill you with His grace so that you can see the spark of divinity in those people. And Nancy Pelosi once said about, you know, M- is it MS 13, the gang from El yes, Salvador? That's um, right. Yep. Yeah. And she said, they all have a spark of divinity they're all made in god's image and she's absolutely right that doesn't mean we should leave them on the streets to go and kill people and steal and and sell drugs we need to try and help them to discover the spark of divinity in them but we do it through love and that love means tough love amen being willing to discipline them so that they learn how to discipline themselves and can recognize and realize that they are made in God's image and that they do have a spark of divinity in them and they can't find it by committing crimes and debauchery, by committing, you know, by selling drugs to people and ruining people's lives.
1: Well said, Mary, Danielle. I'd like to end the show again with encouraging people to get the prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus for offering your day to Jesus through Mary. And you can do that by googling the title eight ways to honor the sacred heart of jesus in june at home so mary if we could all pray together this prayer and again put it on your bathroom uh you know mirror so that when you're brushing your teeth or you're combing your hair you can pray this prayer every day to offer your day to jesus through mary so here's how it begins in the name of the father son and holy spirit amen O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day, for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart, in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, and for the intentions of all our associates, and in particular, the intentions of our Holy Father For this month, month. in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Mary Danielle, Mm -hmm. one of the challenges we have in our culture are people aren't aware that God loves them. Matter of fact, some people, a good percentage they tell us, don't even believe that they're lovable, right? Right. What would you tell those people? I would tell you, you know, when you've been
2: wounded, when you've been betrayed, it's difficult to let love in because it actually hurts, You know, you you love somebody or you let someone love you or depended on someone. Maybe this happened in your childhood and you're not even aware of when it happened. Right. But somebody betrayed you who was supposed to be loving you. Mm. And so every time you try and let love in, it hurts. But you know what? Let the love in, the love of God. Lord Jesus, come into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Mm. Fill my heart with the love of your heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and perfect love within me, Lord Jesus. So that, I can know your love and your love can heal the wounds that I have experienced. And it will hurt. I understand that it will hurt. It's just like if you, if you get cut and you ignore that cut, it can get infected. And even if you don't ignore it, it can get infected. We had our daughter, our oldest daughter one time, um, we were on our way to school and she fell and cut her knee. So I poured hydrogen peroxide on it, put a Band-Aid on it, thought, took care of it, right? Well, that was a Friday. Monday night at 10 p.m., she called me. She was in the bathroom and she had me look at her knee. It was red and it was oozing infection. It was just oozing. And she had a fever. And I knew that I hadn't properly taken care of that cut. And now it had become infected and it was oozing. And of course, I had to, I had, I wasn't going to take her to the hospital at that hour of night, but I had what's called drawing salve. So I put that on and it drew the infection out. But if if you let that infection go, it becomes worse and worse and worse. So you have to get rid of the infection. Get, and and it, yeah, it hurts when you pour the, you know, when I pour hydrogen peroxide on it on Friday, it hurts. I know what hydrogen peroxide feels mm-hmm. like. It hurts. They're disinfectants. Why? They kill germs. They hurt. But I'm not doing it to hurt you. I'm doing it to try and heal the wound. And so God loves you. You were made in God's image as a person to be loved and you are loved by God and you deserve to be loved because God is love and he loves you. And so ask the Lord to come into your life with his love and ask him to help you open your heart to that love. It's gonna hurt at first, but you know what? If you let that love in, you will find the peace, the joy, the union with God that he desires for you. He can draw you into himself. And there are lots of saints who can help you. Saint Germain was abused. Um, Saint Therese of Lisieux was uh, emotionally wounded because her mother couldn't nurse her as a child. And then her mother died when she was four years old. Mm-hmm. As an infant, her mother couldn't nurse her. So there, and you can look at, look them up. There are lots of saints who suffered. Saint Margaret of, um, of um, Costello, who was rejected by her family because of her handicaps, mm-hmm. you know, on and on. So let the love of God in. Jesus, bring your love into my heart. Bring your Holy Spirit into my heart to heal me and draw me into union with yourself.
1: Well said, Mary. I hear the music, so it's the end of the show. Thank you very much for listening, folks. And again, this will be podcast, so you could listen to it at your convenience. Share it with your friends who say, I want a Catholic Bible study. We've got it here. We've got so many new shows coming up here at Virgin Most Powerful. I hope you're enjoying them. And I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart because we couldn't do it without you. Your support, your financial support, your prayerful support has been overwhelming, and I thank you for that. Mary Danielle, I know you. I'm coming home for lunch, and uh, I'll be there. May God bless you with all your work that you're doing. And again, you're listening to The Bible with the Barbers on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We'll see you again next week, same time, same station. God love you and your family.
3: St. Faustina's Prayer for Priests O my Jesus, I beg thee on behalf of the whole Church, grant it love and the light of thy Spirit, and give power to the words of priests, so that hardened hearts might be brought to repentance and return to thee, O Lord. Lord, Give us holy priests. Thou thyself maintain them in holiness. O divine and great high priest, may the power of thy mercy accompany them everywhere and protect them from the devil's traps and snares, which are continually being set for the souls of priests. May the power of thy mercy, O Lord, shatter and bring to naught all that might tarnish the sanctity of priests. For thou canst do all things. Amen. Virgin Most Powerful, pray for us.
0: Virgin Most Powerful Radio, sharing the gospel with clarity and charity.